Hello everyone, this is Sean1113 with your Sean1113 Sports Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, you can get this episode, episode 3, at any given time on Anchor, Side.fm, Spotify, or whatever. This podcast is available. And again, thank you so much for, for listening. Sorry about that, just a brain for a second, but I'm going to do something here. I'm going to give you a story. Given the perilous times that it is today, I'm going to give you a story of a sports story that, um, that has to do with politics, and it starts in 1972 in Munich, Germany, the 1972 Olympics in Munich, Germany. There were two guys that... Um, that did a similar protest to a to gentleman named John Carlos and Tommy Smith. And with Black Power Fist in 1968, at a time, at a very perilous time, in 1968, and they, it, it was chaos all over the place. It was not just in America, but all over the world then. And I, I was born in 1968, and um, I was too young to realize whatever it is until later when I begin to understand the reasoning behind it. Um and it it was it was just as chaotic as it is right now in 2020. That's a parallel of what I'm referring to. But in between that in 1972 there were two gentlemen by the name of Vincent Matthews and Wayne Collette on the United on the United States track and field team. And these two were it is a very forgotten progress. It really is. So with that, let me read the story from the Olympians. That's where the source is. Source I'm coming from. Headline, Vincent Matthews and Wayne Corlett and Wayne Corlett. The most casual protest with the most striking consequences. They stood casually on one bare foot, one hand on hips. The other in thoughtful repose. Right hand stroking chin, you would think they'd been waiting for the bus. But Wayne Colette and Vince Matthews were actually standing as win- on the winner's podium at the 1972 Munich Olympics. And their medals, their silver and gold finishes in the order, made a sprint around their necks and the American national anthem playing. Avery Brennish, who was at that time the president of the International Olympic Committee, viewed the behavior of Colette and Matthews as a boring and media bandem from the Olympic Games. This may seem like debut to Brundage, as he had made the decision four years earlier in Mexico City, when Tommy Smith and John Carlos had separated their medals after the 200 meter finals and raised their black glove fist into the air, reflecting anger at the state of racial relations in America very similar to 2020. And there was another guy by the name of Peter Norman, Norman, who had a badge, actually, if you don't believe me, look him up. And he was completely ostracized um, for years and years and years and years in Australia. By Australian force, he was pretty much ostracized, Mr. Norman, until he, and it's until after he passed away in 2006, that um, he was finally getting recognized. 
for um, for his right in Australia. Like I said, there were racial chances everywhere, especially in 1968. Now in 72, 1972, the same thing. There was a different circumstances, the same thing was happening. Vietnam War was still going on at that time. Now let's get back to four years later in 1972. The day after Brennan's decision to kick Kolak and Matthews at an Munich Olympic village, a white bed sheet was suspended from the windows of the American team's dormitory. According to Olaf Cassell in his book, Inside the Five Reading Circus, Betsy sat down with Brundage. Cassell reveals that the person who dropped this flag of protest was Vince Matthews. The head coach of the U.S. track team at the 1972 Olympics was Bill Barman, the legendary coach of the University of Oregon. I'm sure some have heard about him, just, just, just that you knew more track and field more than I would on that. With Smith, while Smith, while Smith, with Smith injured, sure. and Colette and Matthew suspended, he knew he would be able to field a 4 by 400 relay team. Polina Man would have been a near lack of gold if not for the suspensions. According to Kenny Moore's book, Bowerman and the Men of the Men of Oregon, Bowerman was upset with the clay behavior of Colette and Matthews. But he did not believe they deserved to be suspended. Matthews Colette made asses out of himself, as Bowerman would put it, jiving around and talking, giving the impression they didn't want to be Rambars, didn't want to be Rambars straight. This was unfortunate, but no big deal. I felt they hadn't meant to be disrespectful during the anthem. Jesse Owens talked to them afterward and felt the same. He was arranging. Benjamin apologized, but before they could, Grundich had Matthews and Colette suspended and sent and sent from the village. You cannot expect the, expect the Olympic squad of 60 to have everybody act like army privates, Bowerman said later. They are great athletes. They're great individuals. The fact that the, some of them did things that the press objected to to did not didn't bother me too much. <coughs> Excuse me. The vivid, alive, human. They're keenly interested. They're competitive, all different. So why not accept that and enjoy it? So Bowerman said he would talk talk to Brundage the next day and see if an apology might convince Brundage to change his mind. Bowman did meet with Brundage, and despite the fact that the Palestinian terrorists, terrorists had just broken the Olympic village, oh, that was that 1972 also was they killed 11 Israelis during the Munich Olympics. It was that turbulent. Um, the Palestinians broke into the Israel Olympic village and it was a stand-up, and it ended up killing 11 Israelis. And for Brundage, Brundage, what he did, and he was heavily criticized for this, um, he wanted the Olympics to go on in, despite what happened. And he was heavily criticized for that. In the remaining things as the IOC chairman of the Olympics. Just, just a side note of that. And they, they were taking Israeli hostages. 
Bowerman and Brennan were able to maintain discussion on Kolek and Matthews as really the Bowerman's biography. Brennan accepted Bowerman's apology on his behalf, and his athletes accepted and accepted a reinstatement that the UOC agreed. Bowerman and his partner in this negotiation, Jesse Owens, rushed to the to a Gary USOC members. You see, members, to tell them the wonderful news that Brennan has actually reversed the decision and has already needed was the USOC's endorsement. But Bowman was surprised to learn that more than the IOC, the USOC was even more outraged, had already voted to support Brennan's decision to kick Colette and Matthews out of the Olympics. According to Bowman's borrow, the presiding officer of the USOC, Christopher Buck, gave it as a rationale. They said, and he said, Buck said, well, they insulted the American flag. And so Colette and Mac were suspended and the heavily favored real, favorite four by four relay, 400 relay team never made it to the track. Years later in 1992, Los Angeles Times, Colette told the the following, I love America. I just don't think I look, it lived up to his promise. I'm not anti-American at all. To suggest otherwise, otherwise, it's not to stand the struggles of blacks in America at the time. And in many ways, it still is. End of story. Um, the reason I read that, well, you can search it. Search the 19 living bricks on your own. I mean, you know, let me say this again. The 1972 Olympics protests on your own. Go ahead and research that. And you'll find out there are parallels to today. Different circumstances. Same thing. Different time. And I just want to remind you there is a story that was there for everybody to hear. And everybody to find out for themselves on that. And I hope it did shed some light into that because they didn't deserve more than just a footnote of history. Vincent Matthews and Winkleland. And I think it parallels today to today's sports. If I if you think about it, it's like, you know, that last quote by um Wink, I mean but Colette, when Colette tells you all, then it tells you more than I would ever say. So for me, it, it, like I said, in these changing times, in these unfortunate times that were, truthfully, I'm thinking there's some kind of metamorphosis going on at the same time that, you know, that are change, that things are changing. They change it by some kind of metamorphosis. I don't know what it's going to be like for sports. Today, you look like, you know, as we're going back to live sports, it's like there's something, there's a metamorphosis there too. Can't be the same with COVID-19, the protests and riots and all the other things. You know, the kneeling, the, I mean, it's, it's just all kinds of, 
all kinds of stuff right now. I'm, I don't even know what to say next. Then the next, let's see what happens. But I'm going to make, I'm going to leave you with one final quote. And, it, and, it, and the quote goes like this. The most important thing is to try and inspire people so they can be great in whatever they want to do. And the person's name who made that quote was Kobe Bryant. Need I say more? Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time.